On this episode of the Nasa Deluge, Gilgamesh is distraught after the death of Enkidu. Realizing the mortality of himself and all mankind, he goes on a quest to seek the one person who may have the secret to immortality, the one who survived the worldwide deluge. Mountains are scaled, oceans are crossed, creatures are slain, and answers are discovered. Enjoy! All right, Brandon, here we are again. I always say that. Brandon, are you going to say anything? Yeah, here, He's hi. a strong, silent type. How are you doing? I'm good. <laughs> so we're back going more into the epic of Gilgamesh. This is the third part of yeah. a probably three-part series. Yeah, we're going to try and make it three. Yeah. And um, I bet everybody's been waiting for this part, you know, because... It's been a few weeks. Anticipating. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like, I wonder if people, when they listen to it, like, because some of them, we already have it, the one recorded, like. I know. So they're like, gosh, why won't they just put the other one out? And I'm like, well, I just want to have it kind of spread out. So we're releasing stuff, at least. Yeah. But. Maybe we should just put, yeah, we'll. I don't know. We'll have to revisit that, huh? Or not. Or just forget about it now. I think they'll survive. Yeah. So, or else, yeah, I mean, th- but this one's definitely hasn't, we didn't have it in the, uh, on hold this one is a fresh recording. You're you know right. what I'm saying? You're right. Yeah. So, um, today we're, well, last time we did, we pretty much did a lot of the fun adventures between Gilgamesh and Enkidu. Yeah. And, but at the end, Anki died. Yeah, Anki died. Anki died. So, um, and Gilgamesh was just like mourning. Seven days he cried. and So it doesn't, in this translation, it doesn't say how he died. He just dies. Yeah, but. It, it does in another one? Mm-hmm. Oh, well, give us a little And I was insight. reading in the. Um, I don't know. I don't really like this translation, by the way. But the uh, E.A. Wallace Budge one, I told oh, you that I read. Budge. He mentions that he was sick in bed, and he was, he's he was sick and and just died. Well, that's what that's what this one basically. He's in bed. <laughs> yeah, but th- that's. Like, I thought I thought you meant like there was more detail about like he. Oh no! Like he a, pooped himself to death, or, or no? Like or a, a specific <laughs> event happened? No. Brandon, Brandon was just talking about how he turned off his alerts or whatever. <laughs> and Austin, you might not have heard that, probably didn't, but the phone goes off. I put mine, put it on the little, uh, little, um, the moon, the moon mode. Brandon's now an iPhone guy. Yeah, we won't get into the why. Now. Anyway, <laughs> but, uh, so anyway, so Enkidu died and then now, now, uh, Gilgamesh is he's he's livid it's really torn him up he's like my best friend is or he, gone. I guess he was livid at first now he's uh now he's searching yeah he's mourn mourning and and uh, in despair yeah well um well so we he's got a long journey ahead of him 
and so for that long yeah journey, we i'm gonna i'm already just the hearing the word hearing long journey i'm a, i'm getting a little parched we're gonna i don't know if we i don't think we have had these this is a uh Lacroix uh coconut sparkling water sparkling water coconut naturally essenced oh how nice so let me try it out the crocs like what did, how is it if it's so natural what did a coconut just happen to fall into sparkling water yeah i think it was it's not natural it's, it is forced yeah it doesn't seem very natural So have you tried this one yet? Hmm. It's good. It's got a nice taste of coconut. I think my favorite one by them is the key lime. Yeah, we've had that on here. That one's good. So the most popular one that I've seen is the pamplemousse. Pamplemousse, yeah. Pamplemousse. Which being translated is grapefruit. <laughs> and that's the best one. That one is good. Oh, I forgot. A, I actually have. Oh, I'm not gonna. I'll mention it another time. So yeah, it's pretty good. I like I like it more than I thought I would. Yeah, you got there's there's enough enough of a hint of uh of the coconut. You know, it's not it'd be good if I guess if you were making some kind of mixed drink with something or whatever. I wonder how it'd be like with a Mountain Dew or or uh there there's or like a Diet Dr Pepper like at a there's a place up the street. What is it? Soda Rush? Oh, yeah. They have a few of those places. And I get a Diet Dr. Pepper with... It's called a Squeeze Me. <laughs> it's oh. got... They put they put actual, like, strawberries in it. Mm-hmm. And strawberry... I don't know. Hmm. Stuff. Like and that. then strawberry and vanilla. And I think there might be a little coconut in it. I don't know. Squeeze Me, huh? Squeeze Me, I tell them every time. I'm like, Squeeze Me. Whatever. <laughs> I could get I could get in trouble for that if I'm not if I say it to the yeah, wrong you person. You might you might get like banned. Will you squeeze me? Yeah. We're yeah. only two away from getting a free drink. Oh, did they give you like a little card? Yeah. Cool. So, but they have good cookies there too. Is that where we went there one time? Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, it's just right up the street. Did you like you lost your phone there? Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah we went inside. Yep. We did go Back there. Back when you can still go inside places. Right. You, I think you still go in there. Yeah, people, like, places are opening up and stuff. Secretly. Secret. Yeah. Well, um, anyway. So, well, okay, so you have Gilgamesh. Read that opening line of, so this, at least the title of the, whoever put this on here, had yeah. called it the search for everlasting life. And that's what, Gilgamesh is now committed to doing. Yeah. So read that so first. Bitterly, and it's all caps in this in this uh uh um oh I guess all the chapters are all caps. The yeah. first word. Okay, never mind. Bitterly, Gilgamesh wept for his friend Enkidu. He wandered over the he wandered over the wilderness as a hunter, he roamed over the plains in his bitterness he cried. Yeah, like his little cry. How can I rest? How can I be at peace? So he just walking oh, around, you got him just crying. I got him yelling. I, I, oh. I meant like crying, like how can I? Rest? Oh, I had him like weeping, like weeping, he's crying. Angry. Okay, that may, probably makes more sense. But yeah, he's just walking around and he's saying that despair is in my heart. What my brother is now, that shall I be when I am dead? 
He's asking all the big questions. Yeah. Because I am afraid of death, I will go as best as I can to find Utna Upnapishtim. Yep. Utnapishtim. You listen to this on audio. So is that how they pronounce it? Yep. Utnapishtim. Whom they call the far away. Or a far away. Far away, I think. For he has entered the assembly of the gods. Mm-hmm. So this is what so yeah. Gilgamesh travels over the wilderness. He wandered over the grasslands, a long journey in yep. search for Utnapishtim. So basically, his whole goal is to go find this guy Utnapishtim, and because he's the one person that has found everlasting eternal life. So, you know, but he's they're they're trying to push the. How how uh, much in despair he is because of because of uh, Enkidu's death. Yeah, and they really do push it, like they keep on repeating things. I like the way this is oh. written. Yeah, it's consistent, right? Yeah. So he there's this weird thing that happens where he he comes to this mountain pass or he starts to go into the mountains and then there's a thing with the lions. Oh yeah. I don't know exactly what happened. He's surrounded by lions and he kills them all. Yeah, he just I think it's whales on him. That's that famous picture it comes from, right? Yeah, because actually, yeah, the the main one you see is that Gilgamesh has this lion like mm-hmm. in his arms. Yeah, it looks like a baby lion. And then it? there's also the one that's on the cover of this, where he's got two lions that he's oh, holding yeah. in his hands. Yep. On the on the NK Sanders, if you. I'm gonna I'm gonna actually put the link to this. Oh, awesome! Because I went to the yeah that website aina.org and there's a bunch of other stuff on it too. So my not okay. so I'm gonna put in the in our last couple episodes. I'm gonna put the actual link to it. So you, if you want to, that's really that'll be really it. nice of you, Mark. Won't it be? So and it this uh so anyway so he he lays down and then he wakes up and he's surrounded by lions and he grabs his axe. Um, he saw the lions around him glor- glorifying in life. Then he took his axe in his hand. He drew his sword from his belt and he fell upon them like an arrow from the string and struck and destroyed and scattered them. Yeah. So he, pretty cool. He kicked their trash. Yep. So, uh, and that, and then all of a sudden he's wearing like lion pelts. Yeah, so and that he, was one of the things is that they said that he's gonna when Enkidu was dying, mm-hmm. um, and uh, the god comes to him because Enkidu's like, "I hate the hunter, you know. I hate the freaking wood that we brought back. I hate the hunter, yeah. And the 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 whore that I I slept with, I curse her too. And all of a sudden, mm-hmm. the sun god's like, "Hey, man, take it easy. She's actually, you know." I mean, she actually is the one that introduced you to Gilgamesh and all these adventures and all these good things came. And he's like, you know what? You're right. And, but at some point he said, uh, that it's when, when you die, Gilgamesh is going to wander around in, in lion skins. Anyway, I don't know where that is. That's a prophecy. Yeah. And so here's, then you know because he's gonna miss you so much you know that yeah he's not and, gonna even he's not gonna even like wear his fine clothes anymore he's just yeah. gonna be wearing lion skins so okay that's one thing that uh that he asserts this wanderer kind of life yeah 
in search. So he forsake kind of forsakes everything, even because um, he, you know, living in a big city where you always have your food and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, now he's out hunting for his food. He's just does not bathing, just out there. He's returned to what Enkidu was. Yeah. Except minus, Except for minus not- the weeping part. And the killing animals, because Enkidu was just oh yeah he was suckling the on the milk yeah he's right. the he, friend of the animals that's right but me I mean I mean like but back out and imagine out all of a sudden you see this you're out in the thing and all of a sudden you see this guy out there drinking the milk right out of the cow <laughs> <laughs> fresh or, out of the cow he's a deer wipes like, away a, yeah from a deer he wipes away a milk mustache <laughs> milk mustache <laughs> <laughs> so. Anyways, so, so he's kind of he started along on this thing, and he, he kind of not a hermetic life, but a, some kind of where he's yeah. forsaked everything for this to find out the meaning of life, or maybe not the meaning of life, but if he can gain eternal life. Yeah, the search for everlasting. Life. Yeah, hence the name of the, t- the the title of the chapter. So he he kills all these lions. He's wearing their skins, and all of a sudden, he came comes to this uh, great these great mountains, the Mashu. Yeah, Mashu. Um, so like these huge mountains, huge, like they're like it's two peaks are as high as the wall of heaven, and and then it goes it reaches all the way down to the underworld. So, yeah, that's cool. I wonder where they where they uh, where the um... You know, people always try and like point to where things might. You know, I mean, obviously they reference cedars of Lebanon. Yeah. In here, so which mountains? I wonder. These are you know, like I mean, that forest that that uh, that that beast lived in was in Lebanon. So yeah, I mean, it could be over in Turkey. I don't know. Mount Nishu. I wonder if actually. Well, I don't know. Because Sherupak, that's anywhere where the flood started, where the guy was from. No, uh, I, yeah, who mm. knows? Mm. Maybe he made it all the way over to the Himalayas. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> so, but these mountains, he comes to this pass. Uh, do you want to? Yeah. At the, where it's at? At its gate. At its gate, yeah. yeah. So at its gate, the scorpions stand guard. Half man and half dragon. Their glory is terrifying. Their stare strikes death into men, and their shimmering halo sweeps the mountains that guard the, the rising sun. Which, When Gilgamesh saw them, he shielded his eyes for the length of a moment only, for he took courage and approached. They saw him, so dis- undismayed, the man scorpion called to his mate, This one who comes to us is now, comes to us now is flesh of the gods. The mate of the man scorpion answered, Two thirds is God, but one third is man. So they're how they know. How they know, right? Oh, I don't well maybe they can just tell. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe he had some kind of glow to him, but they're they they're like usually people are just totally terrified. They're guarding this mountain and Gilgamesh kind of puts his hand up for a it says a split second, or what does it say? Yeah, just a moment. A length of a moment only. And all of a sudden, he puts it down, and he starts walking up to him. So, huh? Yeah, like, why is this guy... I mean, and they're you... like, whoa, whoa. Something's, there's something about this guy. 
And they're they're kind of like he's not even scared of us because usually is I like how they half man half dragon glory is terrifying. Their stare strikes death into man. So all of a sudden they're just like looking at him, and for a second he kind of shields his eyes and then he pulls it down. Sure. And they're like, "Wait, what? He he didn't run off." Yeah, and then they see how big he is and go, "Wow, he's two thirds god." Yeah. So, um, and. I showed Brandon the picture of the drawing of the yeah the scorpion s- guys. Scorpion guys, they're really horrifying looking. <laughs> they look all cute. <laughs> the guy's got a little sm- smile on his face. It's pretty cool to see the old depictions, though. You know, if 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 you get a chance, uh, look up uh, Mesopotamian scorpion man. Yeah, like horrifying. <laughs> he's got he's got like a little beard and stuff. Anyway, so they're they're like, well, what the heck? He's not even scared of us. Okay, well, I don't know what to do. I mean, you would think they would use the scorpion t- scorpion tail to do something, but try and scare him. Yeah. More. Well, but they see that he's two thirds god, so maybe that's part of the yeah. thing. So they 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 change their usual um, behavior and they and they uh, start talking to him. Okay, I'll take the part of the um one of the scorpion okay. gods, and you take the part of Gil. Okay, and he he calls to the child of the gods. Why have you come so great a journey? For what have you traveled so far, crossing the dangerous waters? Tell me the reason of your coming. And Gilgamesh answered. For Enkidu, I loved him dearly. <laughs> Together we endured all kinds of hardships. On his account I have come, for the common lot of man has taken him. I have wept for him day and night. I would not give up his body for burial. I thought my friend would come back because of my weeping. Oh, this is the part where I was looking okay. for. Okay, right at the beginning then. Yeah. He's and, like, I cried so freaking hard. Yeah. Like, I was, like, it, been in the, where he's like, I thought I was... Maybe if I cried hard enough, he would actually come back. He was... Anyway, go ahead. And then he says, Since he went, my life is nothing. That is why I traveled here in the search of Utnapishtim, my father. For men say he has entered the assembly of the gods and has found everlasting life. I have a desire to question him concerning the living and the dead. Okay, so he's like... He just lays it out. He's not hiding it. He's like, hey, I've come all this way, you know, and my life just sucks since Enki has gone. Yeah. What are you going to do? What I never noticed before is the wording where he says um, about about Enkidu dying. What did he just say? He says, for the common lot of man has taken him. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is that there's a lot of... Uh, er, Like, I don't know. You just don't think about, like, the old-timey people thinking about these deeper philosophical things. But not that, that I mean, yeah, it's just the common lot of man. Well, it reminds me of the the Bible story of Adam in the garden. And they're like, and the gods are like, yeah, if you take this fruit, in the day that you take this fruit, you will die. Mm-hmm. Right? And Adam ends up just dying normally. Right. Yeah. But it's kind of like um. He died because he became man. 
right? He became mortal. Yeah, the, the common lot. Yeah, the common lot of man. And so this is we're all going to die. And so the gods, you know, telling uh, Gilgamesh that, hey, you guys are too powerful together. We're going to take Enkidu. Was kind of like, uh, well, he's going to be taken anyways because he's mortal. Yeah. This is he was taken too soon, but but because it, Gilgamesh is Gilgamesh, he's like, well, it's the common lot of man, but I'm gonna figure this. I'm gonna try yeah. to find this out. You know, I gotta. I'm gonna get to the. It's like so disturbing to him. He's like, I, it doesn't matter. I know it's regu- What I'm gonna see if there's any way around this yeah. around mortality. So it's, um, yeah. so, so the, the you're on, yeah we're at the man scorpion part now. Okay, so. Um, man scorpion opened his mouth and said, um, no man born of woman has done what you have asked. No mortal man has gone into the mountain. The length of it is 12 leagues of darkness, right? It is in there is no light and the heart is oppressed with darkness. Okay. Um, wait, I think I, are you good? So from the right, anyway, so. He's saying, "Hey, this because they're guarding this mountain pass." Yeah, and he's like, "Okay, you're you're part mortal. No mortal man has done this. It's going to be a really tough thing to go through. It's totally dark in there. Yeah, there's no black. light for what do you say? Leagues, right? Twelve leagues. And then um, Gil, and then, and Gil Gilgamesh says, uh, "Gil says, although I should go in sorrow and in pain, with sighing and with weeping." Still, I must go, which is not, not even what they're referring to at all. Open the gate of the mountain and the and the okay. So he says, "Open the gate of the mountain." He says, "I don't even care." He's like, "Don't even listening to them. Just open the gate." He mentions his crying and weeping for some reason, again. So they they basically tell Gil. They say, "Hey, it's so dark, and no one's done this." And then he responds by saying, "I'll do. I'll be able to handle my weeping and stuff." <laughs> oh, he doesn't. Well, but it's so dark. They're like, it's so dark in there that you're gonna be just totally oppressed. And and he's like, well, you know what? He said, although I should go in sorrow and in pain, you know, yeah, I still must go. He's like, well, whatever. Kind of like, okay, it's yeah, I know it's dark and yeah, it's but it sucks. you know it's what? Dark. This is this is something I need to find out. I need to figure out it's so, you know, it's important to him. So he says, open the gate. Open the gates. And so they do. And um, so he enters into Mashu, the mountain Mashu. Yeah, so the, the scorpion says, go, Gilgamesh. I permit you to pass through the mountain. So they're like, okay, you you pass the test or whatever. Yeah, you the, can the, go through the test, which is may your be... feet, and they even give him a little blessing. May your feet carry you safely home. Aww. The gate of the mountain is open. How nice! So they respect him. That's insane. This is the first time where he doesn't have to fight something. Yeah, it's all. It's basically just about <laughs> him being persistent, and that's all it is. <laughs> yeah. Like, now I'm gonna go. They're okay, like, you well, pass the test. He looked us right in the eyes, and he didn't run off in fear. So pass the test. He seems like he has. A, a pretty good backstory. Yeah, and those, those lion skins on him show a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I think the lions were supposed to be the protectors of the getting into the mountain. Yeah, maybe. yeah, and he just like woke up and just. So he's all. like, blah, blah, blah. 
And all of a sudden, <laughs> so yeah, he's coming up wrapped in lion skins. And all of a sudden, they're like looking, like staring at him real hard. And he just looks at them. And first, he and then he puts his hands down. And they're like, oh, shoot, that didn't work. And yeah, like, that usually works. And like, okay, well, I guess we're going to let him go by. And what a life, right? Just sitting by a cave door. And then every once in a while, when someone comes, just well, go. Well, he had a, the they had a mate. The scorpions is man and woman scorpions. So yeah, they have. Yeah, they, they had have. mates. Yeah, they're they're okay. So they're living their their best life. So okay, so this is a cool little thing that they use, um, like a the progression of the, the literary device or whatever yeah. that they to make it seem like it's a long journey. Yeah, yeah. That's good. That's good. You know, for and I was like, if if they were reciting it, you know, like in, yeah. at a festival like or an something, oral story, yeah. then it would make it seem really long because they're like, okay, you know, the the they had already said it's going to be a long, dark journey. So then all of a sudden, uh, it says when Gilgamesh heard this, uh, he he went, you know, uh, through the mountain. We had gone one league, the darkness became thick around him, for there was no light. He could see nothing ahead and nothing behind him. Okay. Yep. That's one league. After two leagues, you read that. The darkness was thick and there was no light. He could see nothing ahead and nothing behind him. So guess what? At three leagues, it was also thick and there was no light. He could see nothing ahead and nothing behind him. Okay, so this goes on like that. Yep. So you're you're it's building up like it's just this darkness, and it goes all the way up. It's gonna go through all twelve leagues. So it's to say there's the darkness was thick. There was nothing he could see nothing ahead, nothing behind him, and so it keeps going. And then all of a sudden, at eight leagues, yep. after uh, when he had gone. Eight leagues, Gilgamesh gave a great cry. Gilgamesh is like, <laughs> this sucks. It's freaking dark. I love it. <laughs> so they finally put something different in there. But yeah. he gave a great cry for the, guess why? The darkness was thick and he could see nothing ahead and nothing behind it. They just couldn't go on. They had to like break it up somehow. <laughs> I just love it. The eight league, he's, he's just walking in this darkness and all of a sudden, Aah! It's so freaking dark. Somebody turn on a light. Imagine his little eyes like the cartoon, you yeah, know? Yeah. Like, ding, ding, ding. And they blink. And then it continues the boring 9, 10, 11. Well, but after nine leagues, read that. Oh, okay. I, forgot. I guess I forgot. I forgot about this part. After nine leagues, he felt the north wind on his face. But the darkness was <laughs> thick and there was no light. Yeah, and he couldn't see nothing ahead and nothing behind him. So and then at ten leagues... The end was near. See, so then it doesn't even say that. No. Nope. At 11 leagues, the dawn light appeared. At the end of the 12 leagues, the sun streamed out. Okay, so they yeah. finally made it through. But they, this is a whole paragraph of, of them saying, you know, so they really build that, that like, like by re, the repetition, you're kind of like, gosh, this is going on forever. You know, they, yeah. they, they're able to write it to where it, uh, Seems like a journey. Yeah, they could just say like he yeah, went he, twelve leagues and it was dark. Yeah, there was a but they he go, got tired of it in the middle and yeah. I just love when he screams. <laughs> the eighth. I would have started on the on the first and second. This sucks. Yeah. So anyway, it's a cool little. I don't know if it would be a literary device or sure a repetition I mean, device to make yeah. it 
to build in that that drudgery of this darkness and the despair i guess that too because that's what the that's what they they warned him the man scorpion was like you know it's scorpion i used to say scorpion how do you say scorpion scorpion <laughs> whatever what do you I, mean i'm saying the name is the word scorp scorpion scorpion yeah but i used, i would say scorpion <laughs> when i was a kid for a long time scorpion scorpion and what how how are you supposed to say it? scorpion squirp like i say squirp oh you used to say scorpion scorpion yeah oh that's way scorpion. wrong man i know <laughs> good thing i learned figured it out one day now like, i don't look like an idiot when you saw it red right scorpion. when you saw it on paper you're like oh i'm a sucker i'm an idiot sorry well, i think man. there's there's words that you i'm sorry no one told you yeah but why didn't somebody reach out yeah. So you're saying s- s- scorpion wrong. Anyway, so they, but they warned him, hey, it's going to be dark. And then so they build in that by, so they're, I'm just saying this, this old text, I mean, you know, 4,000 year plus years old. And they're using these, these devices to build, to, to hey, make it, you gotta, make, put you in it. You got to tell a good story. Yeah. Okay. So he gets it. He finally gets through. And at the I hate end, to beat a dead horse. Yeah, but you hate to be the horse here. And then after he gets through, oh, Samash. There was a garden of the gods. Oh yeah, all around him, and stood bushes bearing gems. Seeing it, he went down at once, for there was fruit of carnelian with the vine hanging from it, beautiful to look at. And of course, lo and behold, lapis lazuli. Lapis lazuli. Leaves hung thick, leaves hung thick with fruit, sweet to see, for thorns and thistles were th- were, there were. I don't know how to say that hematite. Yeah, and rare stones. So and rare even stones. the thorns and thistles are made out of these gems yeah. and stuff. So this beautiful garden made of gems and shiny things. So then he gets confronted by Shamash, the the sun yeah, god. Yeah, the sun god. You know, finally he's through the darkness. You know, it's it's actually I didn't think about this, but twelve hours of darkness. Oh, I didn't think I did the not, day and night. I did not think about it either. <laughs> and no, I did. Yeah, because I was like, why did they use twelve? And I was thinking of the zodiac or whatever. Yeah. And then I'm like, oh wait, but then he comes out of the darkness for twelve hours, so it makes sense that suddenly the sun god appears. Yep. You know, after twelve hours of night, so and then he he's he's concerned. He's like. Because uh, Gilgamesh is walking by the garden, and he walked up with animal skins. Yeah, and he's like, uh, Samash saw him, and he saw that he was dressed in the skins of animals and ate their flesh. Oh, and he was distressed. So he's like, "What the heck is Gilgamesh doing? He supposed to be like living the high life in his, you know, because may and maybe because he was in darkness, the sun can't see him because the sun, you know, whenever sure. the sun's not there. So yeah. all of a sudden he, he comes out and he's starts rising, and he's like. Gilgamesh, you're not supposed. You're not supposed to be there. Be yeah. Here. So uh, the, he says uh, you're supposed to be eating grapes. Yeah. At, on you, your on your throne. Yeah. You know, just hanging out on the being fed grapes. Yeah, being not fed, eating grapes. That's right. He's being fed grapes, and being, somebody's putting oil on his feet. Yeah. What are you doing here? So uh, he says, "No mortal man has gone this way before, nor will." 
as long as the winds drive over the sea. Gilgamesh is like, you will never find the life for which you. Oh wait, are... and to Gilgamesh he said, "Oh okay. god, that makes that did yeah. not make sense." Yeah. yeah, I was like, "Wait, why is Gilgamesh saying this?" So Samash is like, "Hey, you will never find the life for which you are searching." So and then, then Gilgamesh said, "Okay." Samash is like, "What are you doing, man? Your 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 search is in vain." So it says, "Now that I have toiled and strayed so far." Over the wilderness, I am to sleep. Am I? Am I to sleep? Got it. Am I to sleep and let the earth cover my head for forever? Let my eyes see the sun until they are dazzled with looking. Although I am no better than a dead man, still let me see the light of the sun. So Gilgamesh, so Samash is like, hey man, you, what you're looking for, you're looking in vain. And Gilgamesh is like, what am I supposed to do? Yeah. You you know I, I just lay down and die? No way! I'm not. I, I'm looking for answers, and he's searching deep. Yeah. So he, I have toiled this far over the wilderness, um, and then if if I just give up, it's just the earth's just going to cover my head forever. You know, I'm just going to be buried. I'm not, but I, I'm still alive. So I'm gonna I'm gonna keep pushing. So what about this whole uh, Sidiri thing? Okay, well, in in this one they call her the the maker of wine, but in in the translation I was reading, she's the ale maid, which makes more sense at least for mm-hmm. in Sumerian, sure, because they they drink beer. Mm-hmm. But okay. it depends on, I guess, in foreign lands though, they you know they were more prone to 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 you know, grape to wine and stuff. So is, so maybe the journey, you know, they, anyway, so he comes across this lady and also she's like, she's, she sees him. Um, and she's, they call her the, the maker of wine for yeah. whatever reason. I don't the know woman of the vine, of, the wake maker of wine. If she's some kind of goddess or just a regular person, but, but she's got this walled place and also she sees Gilgamesh. He's all dirty Ratty, sweaty, stinky, lion skins. Yeah, lion skinny. He's, he's eating a turkey leg, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so she's like, "What the heck?" Um. So she looked, and she, as she scanned the distance, she said in her own heart, "Surely this is some felon." Where is he going now? She thinks he's some kind of robber. Yeah. yeah. And 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 she barred her gate against him with a crossbar and shot home the bolt so she closes she puts closes the gate blocks the, the thing also and gilgamesh is like hey Look, <laughs> what, what did he, say? he says hearing the sound of the bolt threw up his head and lodged his foot in the gate he called to her young woman maker of wine why do you bolt your door what did you see that made your made you bar your gate and then I'll, I love this because he asked that, and then all of a sudden, and then he's a big, and then, then he becomes, he's like, yeah. they become scary. I will break in your door and burst in your gate, for I am Gilgamesh who seized and <laughs> killed the bull of heaven. I killed the watchman of the cedar forest. I overthrew Humbaba who lived in the forest, and I killed the lions in the passes of the mountains. That's funny. So, so like, he, why would you even think about doing why, that? Why would you? I will break down your freaking gate. Like <laughs> it's like, well, the, uh, I think you're making my point, Gilgamesh. You know, Brandon, can I interest you in something? Yeah, just whatever you, whatever you want there. Well, we got. Well, he just mentioned 
killing the bull of heaven. Oh. We'll give you a cock and bull. The gift to Ishtar. That's right. <laughs> if you listen to our last episode, you'll know what we're talking about. <laughs> Enki's gift. I'm just, we should have started calling cock and bull Enki's gift. Yeah, we're we were talking about we're gonna come up with a new men's line, men's beauty product line. Give a called uh oh dang yeah it's yeah. over there called oh, yeah. uh Gilgamesh. Yeah, and then for the um, if we have a hair, any kind of hair pot, we can call it Anki Do. <laughs> nice, and we'll have, but we'll have like cedar flavor or cedar scented uh lotion or beard wax mm-hmm. or something yeah you know yeah that sounds we we rich soon. i think we could do that so <laughs> that's a good one this is a good cock and bull that's right uh they claim they invented the moscow mule yeah they're in la isn't there a few things that, isn't there a few brands that claim they've invented it though um i don't know I think they did. I think they got the. You think these are legit? The birthplace of, legit? of the. So um, anyway, so he, yeah, so he's like, "Why would you do that?" And it's I was, so silly. I'll kick in your freaking door. <laughs> and then she's like, "Well, if you're Gilgamesh, who seized and killed the bull of heaven, you know." And she goes through all the stuff. Who did this? Yeah. The cedar forest yeah. overthrew Humbaba. And also she's like, why is your face so drawn? Why is despair in your heart and your face like the face of one who has made a long journey? Yes. Why is your face burned from heat and cold? And why do you come here wandering over the pastures and search? Yeah. Why? You can't be Gilgamesh. Of the wind. You're and also, I like Gilgamesh's answer. And why should not my cheeks be starved and my face drawn? Despair is in my heart and my face is the face of one who has made a long journey. It was burned with heat and with cold. Why should I not wander over the pastures in search of the wind? My friend, my younger brother, who hunted the wild ass of the wilderness and the panther of the plains. Nay, friend, my younger brother, who seized and killed the bull of heaven and overthrew... That'd be cool if he says, And threw his... And overthrew Humbaba in the cedar <laughs> forest. My friend, who was very dear to me and who endured dangers besides, beside me, Enkidu, my brother, whom I laved. What does that mean? No, they, they've got it. You know, this is a weird loved whom I love. Okay, it's because okay, of the, so there's whatever, a few things that are done like this. I don't know if whenever they scan this, you know, or whatever, but yeah, there's some things that... So whom I loved, the end of mortality has overtaken him. So he, okay, so we don't need to... Yeah. He's he goes through his little spiel. And he also weeps. He mentions how he weeps forever. For yeah. Him. So he's like, but she's like, what? You're Gilgamesh? You're dirty. Your face is all burnt up. You're smelly, you know? And then I was like, well, why shouldn't my freaking cheeks be drawn? You know, I like, why should not my cheeks be starved and my face drawn? He despairs in my heart. And, you know, so he goes through, he's like, why? What do you mean? I'm on a journey. Yeah. Because Anki. My friend Anki, my younger brother. No, not my friend. My younger brother. Yeah. Yeah. 
Because remember, his mom adopted him. The little bro. Hey, little bro. You know? So, and then she's like, Gilgamesh, why are you hurrying? To, uh, you will never find that life for which you're looking. You know? So yeah. everybody, every time he comes, everybody's like, what? what? Come on. You're on a, what? what, what is it? Uh, fool's errand? Sure. Maybe. Yeah. She's like, when the gods created man, they allotted to him death. But life they retained uh, in their own keeping. Uh, and then she's, she's like, as for you, Gilgamesh, fill your belly with good things day and night, night and day. Dance and be merry. Feast and rejoice. Let your clothes be fresh. Bathe yourself in water. Cherish the little child that holds your hand. And make your wife happy in your embrace. For this, too, is a lot of man. She's yeah. like, hey, enjoy life. I mean, okay, I understand there's this death and, you know, that you're going to eventually die, but there's things to enjoy. You know, she, I like how she's like, cherish the little child that holds your hand. It's so cute. It is. And then she's like, and make your wife happy in your embrace. Yeah. Like, enjoy. There's, there's, I mean, yeah, the, the gods haven't allotted us eternal life but they've given you know given us things to enjoy i mean yeah we have joy enjoy a good you know a good meal you know you can wash wear some clean co- clothes maybe that's a hint too yeah <laughs> to him to wash to quit wearing these lion's pelts and start you know and but her idea is like dance and be merry every day's a holiday in uruk, uruk. remember that one lady that the the harlot that said that okay yeah 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 you're right. yeah the every day's a holiday they wear really nice clothes that's what she that's you're right but but then she goes a little deeper you know even cherish that little hand of the child your child you know that is in yours you know make your wife happy so you think gilgamesh snaps out of it no he says how can i be silent how can i rest when enkidu whom i love is dust and two shall die and I and I too shall die and be laid in the earth. You live by the seashore and look into the heart of it, young woman. Tell me now, which is the way to Utnapishtim, the son of Ubara Tutu? Okay, so he he's like, that's okay. I've got I've got. Like, thanks for sharing that with me. But uh, where to go? Why no? But I I think it's kind of cool that they put this little these little thing that like a little thing on uh, maybe a different meaning of life or yeah they, they put a little add a little to the story yeah so uh yeah gilgamesh and she, he's he says hey how do i get to utnapishtim and um she's like well how are you going to cross the the ocean there's this freaking ocean he's across the ocean so how, how will you cross the ocean when you come to the waters of death what will you do and then she but since she's like but Gilgamesh down in the woods you will find Urshanabi, the ferryman of Utnapishtim. With him are the holy things, the things of stone. He is fashioning a serpent prow for the boat. Look at him well, and if it is possible, perhaps you will cross the waters with him. But if not possible, then you will must go back. So she's like, Okay, there's a there's a chance the ferryman go talk to the ferryman um Urshanabi. and uh he's got a boat 
that he goes across the waters. And there's a weird, there's a whole part that's kind of missing mm-hmm. where yeah, yeah. he has some kind of battle. It doesn't make sense because you missed the beginning of it. Yeah. All of a sudden, next thing you know, and and this is in the, the text when you look at the, the other ones, there's a whole section missing because yeah. he gets into a fight and w- with something to do with the ships or the ship that Urshanabi or the ferryman let's just call him the ferryman has and he destroys like their bow their the the engines or whatever you would call it i don't even know so the next pair all of a sudden it jumps into read that that beginning yeah when gilgamesh so all of a sudden you got you got her saying this i'm sorry she says but if if it's not possible then you must go back she's she says that and then also next thing you know boom when gilgamesh heard this he was seized with anger he took his hand he took his axe in his hand it's so funny because i remember reading this for the first time you're like what what's he gonna do to her like she just gave him a clue like (laughs) she just gave him like hey go talk to the guy maybe he can get you across what Boom, he got an axe. <laughs> he took his axe in his hand and his dagger from his belt. He crept forward and he fell on on them like a javelin. Mean, meanwhile, when you're first reading this, you Fell know, on them. Yeah. yeah. It's like, you're just like, what? Like, who? what happened to the girl? <laughs> and then he went into the forest and sat down. Okay, so, so all of a sudden you have this whole weird thing happen. You're like, and... And if if you look in the in the in the actual book, because this was dot, more, dot, dots in there, it's got yeah, like oh, this this section's missing, you yeah. know, or so there's something that happened where Gilgamesh destroyed because she mentions like serpents of the prow and yeah. these holy things, yeah. So something happens, and Urshanabi saw the dagger flash and heard the axe, and he beat his head. For Gilgamesh had shattered the tackle of the boat in his rage. Okay, so something happened. Yeah, Urshanabi said to him, "Tell me what is your name." Anyway, I'm Urshanabi, the ferryman of Utanpishtim, uh, the far way. So Gilgamesh says to him, "Gilgamesh is my name. I am from Uruk, from the house of Anu." And then Urshanabi says, "Why no, are your cheeks so starved?" And your face so drawn. Yeah, Why so, do you despair in your heart? <laughs> it's like, good gosh, will you leave me alone about how I look? Like, do I look that bad? <laughs> and then, but Gilgamesh is like, "Why should not my cheeks be starved again?" I know. It just, yeah. I just so they repeat it, but they're they're trying to. I think. Well, the, my guess is they're trying to emphasize he's he's on this journey. You know that he's struggling it's been a long journey he's dirty and, and he's taken on this monastic life or whatever you want to call and it. this is one of the things that you do see a lot in in older texts and because it used to be oral stories yeah is rep- repetition of yeah. the same thing over and over why should not my cheeks be starved my like, yeah strong. we get it we get it <laughs> but it's so funny why are your cheeks so starved and your face drawn like you look really bad Anyway, so he he he's like, I'm looking for Anki. Anki's dead, man. And then did the same thing before. I wept seven days till the worm fell fastened on him, and so, and I'm here. Finally, he goes through his speech, and he says, "If it is, if it is possible, I will cross the waters of death." 
this huge ocean. If not, I will wander still further through the wilderness. So he's like, I'm on a journey. And then all of a sudden, Ushanabi says to him, Gilgamesh, your own hands have prevented you from crossing the ocean. He's like, what did you do, man? You destroyed the tackle. Of the boat. Yeah, and destroyed and destroyed its safety. So oh, I didn't realize that was... Yeah, I was just... Yeah, you're right. It says that, exactly. Yeah, so you... Whatever you destroyed, whatever you did with the axe and stuff, whatever fight you just got in, you destroyed the the boat. Like, whatever com- makes it go. Yeah. Like the... You've disabled it. Yeah, you've disabled the boat. So... And then the two of them talk, and he's like, gosh, man, why are you so mad? <laughs> <laughs> that's what that's what Gilgamesh says to Ushanabi. Uh you cross it all the time and he's like well but you destroyed everything and he's like okay we can do this what I need you to do is go into the forest with that axe that yep. big axe yep. that you have what was the name of the axe I can't axe remember. of heroes or something yeah glory or something or we gotta get the name of his axe of his ox I just love it. I think it's so funny that it's got a name. It's called Might of Heroes. It is? Yeah. Do you take Might of Heroes like, and go and cut poles, 120 poles? You know, because what you're going to do, because you destroyed the, mm-hmm. like, say, the tackle, you know, the sail and everything or what, you know, uh, you're going to have to use it to you're going to get poles and you're going to push us there so you need 120 poles you get them you get bitumen which is helps seal up the poles you know to yep the and uh and you're you're going to push us there sounds like a we, huge we can task. figure this out we can do this gilgamesh so the fairy guy is really helpful yeah so he went and cut 120 poles he cut them 60 cubits long and he painted them with bitumen. He set on them feral, ferals and he brought them to Urshanabi. These are some long poles because the cubit's 17.6 inches. Good gosh, yeah. Yeah. But the, you're going across the ocean, so you need some long poles to be able to touch down on the ocean floor and yep. push it. But it, And you got to make sure that none of this water touches you because it's super dangerous. Like remember the the river of sticks? Yep. Like you can't, you got to pay the ferryman because you can't swim in it because it'll make you forget everything or whatever. That's right. So this is kind of the same thing. They're crossing over this into this other side. Um. And then so they they start their journey and it you know goes. Uh, oh, I love the the twelve poles too. Well, yeah. Oh, they go through twelve poles. Yeah. Okay. So that's interesting because they don't. He has one hundred and twenty poles that he cut. Yeah. But they only go through twelve poles that they, you know, but and one hundred and twenty thrusts, you know. But they, they like like walking through the darkness. They, yeah. They emphasize the first twelve for whatever reason. Yeah. Just they could just like the how. Uh... I guess the uh, the eff- they describe the efforts that he had to go through. Yeah. Right. I mean, fortunately, they'd save us though, not going through no. 120. 
and he thrusts and the the pole hit the bottom and like how would they do it? i don't but it, yeah fortunately they go through 12 poles uh press on take a pole and thrust it in but do not let your hands touch the waters gilgamesh take a second pole take a third pole take a fourth take a fifth sixth seventh eighth ninth tenth eleventh and twelfth so and then after 120 thrusts Gilgamesh had used the last pole. And also Gilgamesh rips off his shirt. Yeah. And he puts it up. He holds it up like as high as he can. And then also the wind catches it. Yep. So he, 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 he becomes a, he becomes part of the boat. So they, he gets the boat going, I guess probably because he's like, yeah, you get the, you get the movement, the motion. He, and then all of a sudden he pulls off his shirt and he holds it up and the wind catches it. And they start going. And then that, that, um, wine making lady was like, Oh, Gilgamesh is hot. Man. When he ripped his shirt off, she's like, Oh, she's like, Woo-hoo. She's got like a spyglass. She's like looking like, Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Take it off, Gilgamesh. <laughs> she's like, gets the ferryman to oil him up. <laughs> so, anyway, so all of a sudden, they're, they finally get on their journey, you know, after after Gilgamesh had, you know, kind of done all, all the work because he destroyed the original motor or whatever. Yeah. And uh, all of a sudden, Upnapishtin, he's like laying on the island. All of a sudden, he's like, what the heck? Yeah, what's, what's that weird boat coming? Yeah. <laughs> There's some oiled up. <laughs> <laughs> Grease up man holding his shirt up. He's like, That's not one of mine. He says that. Look, read that. Uh the very the no. Yeah. Okay. The yeah. He right says, here. um Yeah. The, yeah. the top. Now Utnapish him where he lay at ease, looked in the distance, and he, he said in his heart, musing to himself, Why does the boat sail here without tackle and mast? Why are the sacred stones destroyed? And why does the master not sell the boat? The See, man... so there's some things that were destroyed that they don't talk about. Exactly. That's missing. The man who comes in, none of mine. That man who comes is none of mine. Where I look, I see a man whose body is covered with skins of beasts. Who, Who is this who walks up the shore behind Urshanabi? For surely he is no man of mine. So Utnapishtim so, oh, yeah. looked at him and said, "What is your name? Why are you come? Why who? Jeez, I'm, I'm doing a little better now. What is your name? You who come here wearing the skins of beasts, with your <laughs> cheeks starved? Oh gosh, yeah, <laughs> and your face down and and your face drawn. Yeah, your face drawn. Where are you hurrying to now? For what reason have you made this journey, crossing the seas, whose passage is difficult? Tell me the reason for your coming." And then Gilgamesh is like, Gilgamesh is my name. I am from Uruk, from the house of Anu. And then read what what's his name says. Then Utnapishtim said to him, If you are Gilgamesh, why are your cheeks so starved and your face drawn? Why is despair in your heart? And so this is the same thing everybody like, says to him. And then I'll, guess what Gilgamesh says? Why should not my cheeks be starved and my face drawn? Despair in my heart and my face is the face of one. He's, so anyway, he's like, his thing he's like i've been on a journey my bro you know died i mourned for him for seven days his face heavenly you know has laid heavenly heavily heavily upon me 
and he is dust, and I shall die also, and be laid in the earth forever. You know, this reminded me of one of those really one of those kid books, like those picture books, where like some I animal... will not eat them, Sam. I am like green eggs and ham. Or yeah, no, that, but they. But like you have like a some animal that's like walk going, and they visit one animal trying to find something. Oh, are you my mother? Yeah, yeah, that's one. That's I'm the for. one. That's uh, that was one of the first books I read. I remember. Yeah, like I read it to. My family when I was a little kid. Okay, yeah. Like that was I. I learned how to read it. I was like, yeah, and just going from mother? one person to the next and asking the same question. Yeah, and being told, the and same then people thing. are saying the same thing. Yeah. yeah, remember that he goes the little bird. There's the crane, all smoky. You know that he goes like the. I mean a mechanical yeah. crane with yeah. a big scooper that he tries to talk to. I don't remember that. It's all. It's all belching and anyway. Are you um, my mother? Are you my mother? So, uh, I have crossed the seas. The whole thing. There's. The I whole have thing. wearied myself with traveling. My, but this is a little. He's he's kind of talking about his, more about his journey. And he mentions a few things that we missed. Yeah, I have wearied myself with traveling. My joints are aching. I have lost acquaintance with sleep, which is sweet. My clothes are worn out before. Um. I came to the house of Sidiri, who's the ale or the wine yep. lady. I have killed the bear and the hyena, the lion and panther, the tiger, the stag, the ibex. He's been like killing lots of animals, all sorts of wild game and the small creatures of the pastures. I ate their flesh and wore their skins. This is how I came to the gate of the young woman. Okay, so he's been on this journey where he's... Totally left. We already talked about this, but left the city. All he's doing is surviving. Like he's not. He hasn't taken anything with him except for the might of heroes and his dagger. And so yep. he's out there living hand to mouth, you know, or whatever. He hasn't yep. taken anything with him on his journey. He's been having to kill food, and then with his food, he, you know, with the animals he's been able to manage to make skins and stuff but that's it yeah that's uh, that's been his journey his journey and he says i've come all this way for i wish to question you concerning the living and the dead how shall i find the life for which i am searching and a per a pun Ut, no, says there is no permanence we build a house. Ooh, to... This is deep stuff. Yeah, this is like the this is the uh, the the meat of the uh, story here, mm-hmm. or of this section. Do we build a house to stand forever? Do we do we seal a contract to hold for all time? Do brothers divide an inheritance to keep forever? Does the flood time of rivers endure? It's only the nymph of the dragonfly who sheds her larva and sees the sun in his glory. From the days of old, there is no permanence. The sleeping and the dead, how alike they are! They are all they are they are like a painted death. What is there between the master and the servant when both have fulfilled their doom? Yeah. When the Ananuki, Anan, Ananaki, Ananaki yeah. the judges come together, and Mamatan, the mother of destinies, together they decree the fates of men, life and death. They allot but the day. Of death, they did not disclose. That's that's like a pretty deep statement. Yeah, there's no permanence. Like this is like kind of like, like almost like a Buddhist kind of thing with the 
Sure. That, um, yeah, nothing endures. Yeah. That you don't, you don't, you're not always, yeah. He, he kind of, and that's kind of sucks for Gilgamesh came all this way. But I mean, I'm saying there's like this huge lesson that, dude, you don't build a house and expect it to stand forever. Every, I mean, it was the, the law, thermodynamics. Yeah. Second laws, everything goes from a state of order to disorder. It's just yeah. a lot of the world. Yep. So. Um, and uh, Gilgamesh says to him, I look at you now and your appearance is no different from mine. There is nothing strange in your features. Like, well, you look just like me, but you're living. You have your eternal, you know, you've been granted eternal life. Yeah. I thought I should find you like a hero prepared for battle, but here you are taking your ease on your back. Just and, relaxing. And in the, uh, in the, the other one, he kind of gets, he almost says, I almost want to fight you. Oh, that's nice. what, you know, he's, it's, he's kind of like, it's just, I guess that's Gilgamesh though. Yeah. Fight everything. But he's like, but tell me truly, how was it that you came to enter the company of the gods and to possess everlasting life? So he's like, you don't look any different. You look just like us, but you've got some kind of secret. Yeah. You've got everlasting life. So how did it happen? And so he he says, I will reveal to you a mystery. And then this is the part where I will tell whenever you George Smith was reading this and translating it from the Mm-hmm. The cuneiform also, and he started taking off his, yeah, kind of maybe undoing his tie, and this yeah. is where he stri- supposed like the the rumor is that he ripped off his clothes for some. Yeah, he reason. was like they found he found they found him without clothes on. Yeah, right. it's just this. Well, and it's like what it doesn't. Anyway, it's it's one of those myths, or you know, of like first off, he's in the 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 British Museum, you know, mm-hmm. in the antiquities section yep. translating and all but so like it's just one of those what is it store not a myth but a urban legend kind okay, of thing that works yeah uh, yeah it's yeah. one of those where you know what did he do like unbutton his you know anyways so that but this is a sudden imagine being george smith and all of a sudden you're like you start reading the story of the flood. You're like, wait, this is in the yeah Bible. Yeah, how, this is crazy. Okay, so um, here, if you want to read what I have right there, if you want to, sure, I would love to, Mark. <laughs> Are you gonna read something so, else? Yeah, yeah, because okay. I, I I like the way it's written in here. Okay, but okay, so this is okay. Imagine being George Smith and reading this. Okay. In those days, the world teemed. The people multiplied. Just the orange part? Or just to the whole section there? Just the whole Okay, section. in those days, the world teemed. The, the people multiplied. The world bellowed like a wild bull, and the great god was aroused by the clamor. And Leel heard the clamor, and he said to the gods in council, The uproar of mankind is intolerable, and sleep is no longer possible by reason of the Babel. So the gods agreed to exterminate mankind. Enlil did this, but Ea, because of his oath, warned me in a dream. Okay. 
so in Genesis chapter six, verse five, um, oh, we'll just go chapter six, verses four and four or five and six. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth and it grieved him at his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man, beast, and creepy thing. Anyway, so it's kind of similar. Except for for in this, in that account, it's because of the loudness of the people, right? Yeah, and like how much, like how... The clamor. Yeah, how big they're becoming. Yeah. yeah. So it's kind of, it's becoming intolerable. Like it's getting so loud down there. I can't sleep. Like, yeah, yeah. Is this an interesting thing? Okay, so so uh, what does it say at the end? Enlil did this. Enlil did this, but Ea, because of his oath, warned me in a dream. Okay, so but the so the because of the, of the clamor of the people, you know, and then in the Bible it says the sins of the people, but the mm-hmm. clamor, you know, they're making this loud noise and all this stuff. Uh, they had agreed to exterminate mankind. Mm-hmm. And then Lil is the one that was the head, but Ea had given yeah. an oath. He was Ea's one of the gods. So they all got together in council and they said, Okay, we're gonna destroy man with the flood. Ea had was in that council and he said he had sworn that he would not tell man what was going on. So Yeah, it says Ea because of the oath warned me in a dream. Yeah. So Ta- this is talking uh, Whatever that guy's, how you say that guy's name? Uh, um, yeah, Una Pishtim. Mm-hmm. So he had warned, warned him in a dream. So Ia had made an oath that he wouldn't tell man, but he he had a workaround, and this is where I wanted to, because okay. Ia uh, Una Pishtim was was a follower of Ia, one of his most devout followers. Okay. So he he was like, gosh, I don't want him dead. Yeah. You know. So. Um. F- so it says, farsighted Ea swore an oath of secrecy with them, with the gods, that he wouldn't tell anybody. So he repeated their speech. He repeated the plans to a reed hut. Okay. Yeah. So his a workaround instead of telling him directly. He, just, just he like, says, Reed Hut, Reed Hut, Brick Wall, Brick Wall, listen, Reed Hut, and pay attention, Brick Wall, and this is the message. Yep. So he's talking. So he's not talking to the man, he's talking to the wall. But he's talking and the out hut. loud. But he's talking out loud. Yeah, he's saying yep. it out loud. This is workaround. And then all of a sudden, this is the message I'm going to tell you to the wall and hut. Man of Shurapak, son of. Ubara Tutu, dismantle your house, build a boat, leave possessions, search out living things, reject chattels, and save lives. Put abroad the seed of all living things into the boat. The boat that you are to build shall have her dimensions and proportions. And he gives that. Um, And then all of a sudden, Upani Pishtim realized, he says, I realize. And I spoke to my master, Ia. I have paid attention to the words that you spoke in this way. Mm-hmm. My master, and I shall act upon them. And then, so, 
so his the workaround is that he's <laughs> instead of you know he, he talks to the wall and also something else upani pitched him is smart enough to say oh the, he okay so you know so he's warned of this of the flood so he's he told him to rip down his house what does and he say abandon your possessions rip down your house build a boat with your house yeah and uh and then take up all the living the seed of the living creatures yeah and and he he's like well how am i gonna get it you know explain this to the people and he's like well just tell them that 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 uh and lil isn't happy with you and that if you leave the land they're gonna get blessed by him you know anyway so so basically he's warned of the flood he builds a boat He's and this isn't. It's not just a few people. He take. He has a whole crew with him. Yep. Of people that go through, um, and in the the first the next paragraph, or the of the second page, the top. Yeah. Uh, the first light of dawn. A black cloud came from the horizon. It thundered within. Um, an abyss rose up. The dams of water of the nether nether waters uh the it just describes like all the urcha yeah just yeah. the destruction whenever the, the flood finally the comes all lightnings and floods and there seems like there's even like something coming down from heaven you know to cause destruction it's so bad that um that even the gods were terrified at the flood it says they fled to the highest heavens they crouched against the walls and cowering like curs. Yeah. Such, so much, such a huge destruction that even the gods. So, but because he's got his little boat, he's him and his, and his people are make it through. And then all of a sudden you have the story from the Bible or a lot like it, um, where he lets, they kind of, all of a sudden after seven days, of of this thing, the the rain subside and everything, and then and then and then all of a sudden his boat comes and hits it into a mountain. Yep, and he keeps letting these birds go, just like in the Bible. Well, they're a little different, right? He looses a dove. First, let her go. She flew away, but there was no place to rest, mm-hmm. so she returned. And then he loosed a swallow, mm-hmm. and she flew away, but finding no place to rest, returned. Yep. And then the last thing he lets loose is the raven. And the ra- a raven. Okay, she saw. She saw the waters. She ate, flew around, and caught like a and like ah. she caught, caught, and she did not come back. Yeah. So in the Bible, it's just a it's just a dove and a raven, right? Um, let's see real quick. Or a raven and a dove. Um, yeah, I know the last one's the dove. Yeah, so because that, that's why they have the yeah the, the dove with the little olive branch olive branch in it because the dove actually brings that back right and he's like there's a freaking tree. yeah exactly so, so this see. one's a little different in how the birds work out okay yeah um, and there's three birds in this or one. it is in chapter eight um so it hit. It hits a mountain, Ararat, right? Okay, and it came to pass 
40 days, Noah opened the window and he set, sent forth a raven to and fro. Um, he sent, and he sent forth a dove from him to see if the water... So the raven goes out and just flies around. And it's like there's no place for him to land. He sends a dove from him to see if the waters were abated from off the face of the ground. But the dove found no rest. Oh, for the sole of her foot. And she returns to the ark. And he stays another seven days. And the dove came. And he sent forth another dove. So. And finally, the so there three birds. dove came in to him. Yeah, so this one had... Anyway, Just so... Just two doves. But I'm saying, you have the same story, mm-hmm. like the same thing with the birds. Yeah. Too. And what's his name? This is where... What's yeah, his name? Yeah, he's starts, like, oh, oh, what? <laughs> starts unbuttoning his shirt. Oh, I can't believe it. So, anyway, so... So, finally, he gets off the thing and he offers sacrifice. And the gods are like, you smell that? Like, he makes ale and stuff. Um, and the gods smelled the sweet savor and they gathered like flies over the sacrifice. They're like, yes. Yeah. And the sweet, sweet. Like, Why? They love, sac- they love a sacrifice. Yep. Like there's something, the sacrifice of man, they just love it. Or, you know, that a man offers to them. They can't resist it. Nope. And, uh, so all the gods are gathering around the sacrifice, except for Enlil, who's the guy that kind of was the one decided, hey, we need to just destroy these guys. Yep. And then in right here. When Enlil had come, when he saw the boat, he was wrath and swelled with anger at the gods, the host of heaven. Has any of these mortals escaped? Not one had, was to survive the destruction. When the god of the wells and the canals, Ninurta, opened his mouth and said to the warrior Enlil, Who is there of the gods that can devise without Ea? It is Ea alone who knows all things. Then Ea opened his mouth and spoke to warrior Enlil, Wisest of gods, hero Enlil, how could you so senselessly, senselessly, senselessly bring down the flood? Yeah, so there he's kind of reaming. Yeah, like, shame Ea. on you, shame on you. Like why would you why would you just dis- decide to destroy all of them? He says, and this is kind of something that's, you know, he says, lay upon the sinner is sin, lay upon the transgressor is transgressing, but don't kill them all, you know, yeah. punish him a little when he breaks loose, but don't drive him too hard or he perishes, you know. Uh, he's like, he should have sent, you know, what that you would have had a, a, a lion come and kill a few guys, you know, or something or, or a wolf or yeah, rather, rather than a flood. Yeah. yeah. Or so, a famine repetition. Yeah. Lion rather than flood wolf rather than, rather than flood famine rather than the flood yep. pestilence rather than the flood. Like this was, this was too big. Like yeah, you're a punk. Anyway, and it, whenever we do atrahasis, we'll get into this more. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's, that's. The, I think that's going to be the next thing we're going to do. Yeah, that's but, cool. So, anyway, so finally they like, well, what the heck do we do with this guy? He made it through the flood, and uh, so Enlil went up to the boat, and he took me, being 
Bopani yep. pitched him. Or Noah. No, yeah. And he took me by the hand and my wife and made us enter a boat and kneel down on either side. He's standing between us. So he's got him. And, he's, yep. and he put, he touched our foreheads to bless us, saying, and time passed. Utna Pishtim. <laughs> I keep on saying it different. Utna Pishtim was a mortal man. Henceforth, he and his wife shall live in the distance at the mouth of the rivers. So there you go. That's how he became immortal. Yep. They didn't know what to do with him, so they're just like, well, you get eternal life. <laughs> yep. You made it through. Congratulations. So, so then there's the story, Gilgamesh. That's yep. how it happened. That's how that's how I got. Yeah, that's how I became uh, e- eternal. Yeah. And so here we are. So Upnapishtim said, "As for you, Gilgamesh, who will assemble, who will assemble the gods for your sake?" So that you may find that life which you're searching for. He's like, who's going to... I just happened to get lucky because I was the only guy, you know, one of the, the few that made it. Who's going to... But but he says, but if you wish, come and put into put into the test. Only prevail against sleep for six days and seven nights. This is one of the things that uh, earlier... Uh, what's his name? Had compared... Um, death to sleep. Yeah, you know it's. Uh, Remember when that did you say that. Um. Oh yeah. Whenever he did that, talked about no permanence. Yes. He's like the sleeping and the dead. How alike they are. So he's like, here, here's a test. Okay. If if you can overcome sleep, then you might have a chance at overcoming death. Right. Because, well, I'm saying if you yeah. can, because, ba- you know, they looked at it mm-hmm. as, as like a permanent sleep. Yeah. Death is permanent sleep. Yeah. So here's here. Let's put it to the test. All you have to do is try to stay up for six days and seven nights straight. And all of a sudden, Gilgamesh, as he's saying that, Gilgamesh gets super tired because he's been on this long journey. <laughs> yeah. And he's he's yeah. he's like okay yeah I'll do that, and uh, uh, but while Gilgamesh sat there resting on his haunches, so he's just yeah I love that word a mist of sleep like soft wool teased from the fleece. Even now the mists of sleep are drifting over him, so he's kind of like like nodding off to sleep, and. Uh, Gilgamesh falls asleep and then and then uh Utnapishtim's wife says, Hey, wake him up. Uh so he can he can get out of here. You yeah. Know? He he obviously it didn't work. He fell asleep right away. He wasn't even able to, able to pass the this the the test and uh but Utnapishtim is like, Hey, wait a second, all men are liars, you know. It was all men are deceivers. Even you, he will attempt to deceive. Therefore, he's got this plan. Bake loaves. Yeah. Therefore, bake loaves of bread each day one loaf and put it beside his head and make a mark on the wall to number the days he has slept. Yeah, so read the, and then the next. So she baked, so she baked loaves of bread each so, day one okay. loaf. 
This is so. This is why Gilgamesh is is knocked out. Yeah. So his the the test was hey. First off, see if you can stay up for six days yeah. and seven nights. See if you can not sleep for that long. Yeah, I mean because sleep and death are are very similar, you know, for whatever reason. And then he just like <laughs> and then Gilgamesh as he's as he's been on this long journey. So you, you should know. challenge me this when I haven't been like already doing that for a few days. Yeah. Well, this this one's kind of just funny you know just a weird <laughs> so so what's his name's like bake loaves of de- bread each day while he's sleeping here and so anyway go ahead sorry and so she put one loaf next to his head every every day and then she marked on the wall the days that he slept and there came a day when the first loaf was hard the second loaf was like leather the third was soggy the crust on the fourth was had mold the fifth was m- mildewed mildewed Mildewed, another typo there. The sixth was fresh, and the seventh was still on the embers. Then Utna pitched him, touched him, and he woke. Gilgamesh said, Utna pitched him, <laughs> the fairway. I like this. I heartily slept when you touched and roused me. But Utna pitched him, said, Count these loaves and learn how many days you slept. For your first is hard, mm-hmm. your second in returns, third is leather, third is soggy, fourth is mold, crusted and mold. Fifth is mildewed. This year, sixth is fresh, and your seventh was still over the glowing embers when I touched and woke you. Gilgamesh said, What shall I do, O Utnapishtim? Where shall I go? Already the thief in the night has hold of my limbs. Death inhabits my room. Wherever my foot rests, there I find death. So, I like whenever he wakes up and He's like, oh, what? Oh, that was oh, I hardly. I did. I would just close my eyes real quick. <laughs> <laughs> but this is seven days later. Yes, and and then all of a sudden, and, and that's that's what Utna Pishtim was saying is that he's just you know they they'll try to deceive you. So he wakes him up and he's like, oh, I just I was close my eyes real quick, and I, he's like, Gilgamesh, dude, you've been asleep for seven days. Like, look. See this bread that's all around you, like this one's this one's hard as a stone. This one's moldy. This one's soggy. This one's which is this one's fresh. Yeah, and then the other one. There's another one baking there. You've been you've been laying here for seven days. Like I didn't say, but sleep for seven days. I said stay awake for seven. Yeah, and he's like, and then Gilgamesh is like, crap. I tried, and he's like, what am I gonna do? I mean, now I now I know that that the thief in the night they call him hold yeah. has hold of my limbs. Death inhabits my room. Wherever my foot rests, there I find death. That I'm going to die. Yeah. Like, what do I do? There's this whole thing has been in vain. So Utnapishtim says, "Woe to you, to the boatman, to the ferryman." Yeah. For some reason, I don't know why. Because he brought brought the man and he brought uh, yeah Gilgamesh to him and he's just like this guy is so dirty get him out and of this but he has him clean up clean up uh, wash your hair you know he has him clean up and he's like I'm sorry there's not much I can do for you Gilgamesh but your journey's now at an end kind of thing he's like just clean up because you don't have to. You know, you figured out that yeah. that 
you've you've gotten the answer you wanted. Yeah, that you don't need isn't... to do. Yeah, you don't need to do this anymore. So just return, get back to normal, and live your life. Yeah, and then all of a sudden they're launching out, um, and he gives them a you know some clothes that's not going to show any age and stuff. And all of a sudden they're Gilgamesh and Ushanabi launched their boats on the water and boarded it, and they made ready to sail away. But the wife of Utna Pishtim said to him, Gilgamesh says to her husband, Hey, Gilgamesh came here worried out and he's worn out. What will you give him to carry him back to his own country? And then Utna Pishtim's like, Oh, yeah, I guess I probably, I mean, he made this journey. Is it really fair for him to go away empty handed? What, what does he um, say? Oh, he says something to him. Yeah. You know, yeah. Hey, Gilgamesh, you came here a man wearied out. You have worn yourself out. What shall I give you to carry you back to your own country? He's like, you made this journey. Yeah, you did this. You know, you did. Yeah, you know, you didn't get what you wanted. What should I give you, Gilgamesh? I shall reveal a secret thing. Ooh. It is a mystery of the gods that I am telling you. There is a plant that grows under the water. It has a prickle like a thorn, like a rose. It will wound your hands. But if you succeed in taking it, when your hands will hold that which restores his lost youth to a man, then so, your hands uh, will hold that which oh. restores his lost youth to a man. So he finds. So he's like, I'm gonna give you this secret. Yeah, you're not supposed to know this. Some little plant. He's like, this is one thing I can give you. Kind of a consolation prize. Yeah, it'll restore your youth to you. And I like Gilgamesh is like, this is awesome. Like, oh, sweet. Um, so he what, uh, he goes out in the middle of the ocean or, and he finds out where it is. I like this. He tied heavy stones to his feet mm -hmm. and they dragged him down to the waterbed. So he's got like these, these yeah. stones tied to his feet so he can go down to the bottom. And he's yep. like holding his breath as he's walking along the bottom of the ocean looking for this plant Austin he finds the plant he's like awesome ah oh, my hand the thorn pricked me he's, he's got a hold of it and he gets out his dagger he's got his dagger in his teeth that's what oh cool yeah. as he's walking on the bottom he's got his dagger in his teeth because he's and and uh all of a sudden he cuts the the ropes off the stones and all of a sudden because of the buoyancy yeah. Yeah. flies up flies up it's like i got it and then he flies like 20 feet of the water <laughs> <laughs> and then he's like, uh, Gilgamesh says to Ushanabi, uh, come here, see this marvelous plant. By its virtue, a man may win back his formal strength. I will take it to Uruk, and strong walls, and I'll give it to the old men. You know what I'm going to call it? I'm going to call it the old men are young again. <laughs> what a great name. What do you think? And he, the the ferryman's like, well, how about like rejuvicane or yeah, yeah, no, no, the old men are young again. That's what I'm gonna call it. <laughs> like that's not very catchy. <laughs> anyway, so so they they return. Gilgamesh has got the thing, and all of a sudden they're like, okay, well, let's get let's get back to the city. And they they're they're traveling. Um, and they. Gilgamesh sees a nice well of cool water. Mm, yes. He's going to bathe in it. We'll read it, man. Okay, so 
Gilgamesh saw the cool water, he went down and bathed. But deep in the pool, there was lying Uh-oh. a serpent. Ooh. And the serpent sensed the sweetness of the flower. This is a flower that mm-hmm. the the old men are young again. Yeah. Flower. We call it a Tamaya flower. T-O-M-A-Y-A. Yeah, Tamaya flower. Yeah, the old men are young again. And then uh, it rose up out of the water and snatched it away. And immediately it sloughed its skin and returned to the well. I like that part. Yeah. Because all of a sudden the thing eats it. Yeah. And all of a sudden immediately. It rejuvenates. It like refreshes. Its skin comes off because it's being yeah. rejuvenated. And Gilgamesh is like, no, it works. Then Gilgamesh sat down and wept. The tears ran down his face and he took the hand of Urshanabi. Oh, Urshanabi, was it for this that I to- I toiled with my hands? Is it for this I have wrung out my heart's blood? For myself I have gained nothing, nor I, but the beast of the earth has joy of it now. Already the stream has carried a tw- it 20 leagues back to the channels where I found it. I found a sign, and now I have lost it. Let us leave the boat on the bank and go. So... He loses. He's lost the yeah. little prize. Yeah, he didn't. And so all that work. They they make they they. He says, "Let's just get off this boat and let's just go hoof it by foot." And they they get back there, and all of a sudden, when the journey was accomplished, they arrived at Uruk and the strong walled city. Gilgamesh spoke to Ushanabi. The ferryman, Ushanabi, climb up on the wall of Uruk, inspect his foundation terrace, and examine well the brickwork. See if it is not burnt bricks. Yeah, who turns to the beginning. And do not. The seven wise men lay the foundations. So, it's exactly like it says in the The epilogue. Yeah. The epilogue. This is his pride. Yeah. This is... This is... You know what? And I, he says one third of the city is a garden. You know, the, there's the the Babylonian, the Hanging Gardens of Babylon. But this is yeah. You know, but this is earlier. But one third is a field. Um, wait, one third of the whole the whole of the whole is city. So yeah. one third is a garden, and one third is a field. And these are all the precincts of Uruk. So this is a beautiful city with burnt brick. This is actually something that Gilgamesh had had accomplished. Oh, this too was the work of Gilgamesh the king, who knew the countries of the world. He was wise. He saw mysteries and knew secret things. He brought us a tale of the days before the flood. He went a long journey, was weary, worn out with labor, and returning engraved on a stone, the whole story, just like it started. The yeah. end is the beginning. Man. Yeah. The yeah. end is the beginning. But I'm, but I think they put this part in where this is the actual accomplishment and the monument to Gilgamesh of, of his life that he was able to accomplish this great city. Like the girl said, Hey, you know, yeah, this we- life, you're not here forever. You, but you can make a difference in the child's life. And in your your wife's life, and in your your yep. you know as the king in the the city, this is your monument. This is your eternal life. So, um, 
And then Gilgamesh dies. Yeah, the death of Gilgamesh. Do you want to read the little... Yeah, the little poem thing? Yeah. Okay. The king has laid himself down and will not rise again. The lord of Kulab will not rise again. He overcame evil. He will not come again. Though he was strong of arm, he will not rise again. He had wisdom and a calmly face, and he will not come again. He is gone into the mountain. He will not come again. On the bed of fate he lies. He will not rise again. F- front the couch of many colors. He will not come again. From the couch. Oh, from guess, the couch. You know, yeah, it's, it's another one of the typo. From the couch of many colors. He will not come again. Yeah. So there you go. That's the end of Gilgamesh. He saw it. He had adventures. And he sought for everlasting life and found that it just doesn't exist. Yeah, it's not really. And that what matters is. Except for that snake. But The I mean, things you do with Enki. Yeah, what matters is the things that happen in your life. Yeah. I Those think it's a pretty deep philosophical thing. Yeah, it is, actually. And And there's a whole thing written about. Anyway, like this story is, I mean, for being so old, you're like, whoa. They really went through some stuff. I mean, and it was cool that he didn't end up getting the everlasting life. Of course, because that would be like, that would be textbook. That would be the textbook story. Yeah. Like, that oh, he yeah, gets okay. it. Yeah. But yeah. they, that I'm saying, but it wasn't, it wasn't uh, in despair. It didn't end in despair. No. He ended in, hey, you know what? You've returned to Uruk, the great city, and look at all, everything around you. And you get to die amongst your people. So, there you go. I thought that was a good, I thought that was good. Yeah. Well, there it is, man. The Epic of Gilgamesh. One of the oldest stories ever told. The oldest story ever told. The oldest story (laughs) ever told. (laughs) Yep. So, I mean, and think about how old it is and, but all the different things they had in there that we oh, still yeah. have, we find in stories today. Yeah. I totally. mean, the, uh, there's, there's tension, there's all kinds of stuff. Yeah. If you, if you took out the story would be half as long if you took out the rep, the repetitive, like sullen face and, but like, you know, it builds though. It's yeah, part yeah. of, it's part of the story. Yeah. No, it no. kind of like that just the device is the device they used back then so i don't know i mean uh so the next next thing i think we're going to do is atrahasis yeah atrahasis or when the man when the gods as man or something or some what's the for opening line because that's what they they yeah, also that's call it. That's the when other the gods of instead of man. That's how, that's is a really cool story because it goes to the beginning about how mankind was created and why. And it's got and then it goes into the flood story. So we'll do that um, in a coming up in a couple weeks. And uh, there you go. What? I'm just thinking of something. It's cool. Yeah, that was fun. Thanks. All right. 
well, we will uh, get back and do one soon. Have a good one. Bye. Why?